with love where we give you a balanced perspective of arts, culture, and what's going on locally in the city of Houston. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at From Hue with Love. Brought to you by RIK, Lovers I Know, and IllMatterMedia.com. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, Jews and Gentiles, Catholics and Protestants. We are back yeah. for yet another episode of the absolutely most dangerous show on all real radio. radio. Yo. This is from Houston with Love. The voice that you hear is one of the of the one and only D. Randall, aka. I had all the G.I. Joes as a kid. Your collection could not touch mine. <laughs> Fuck my effects blown. I'm serious. I, I was not to be flexed with when it came to the G.I. Joes. And uh, joined here today with... Your boy, D-Ray, Ray, 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 Ray. Combo number one, my folks' only son. And a brand new nickname, Richard Pop-Oppington. Okay, so, uh, say that again. And, Richard and Pop-Oppington, really. It's Richard Pop-Oppington. Pop I was mm. kind of sipping on some drink earlier, so forgive <laughs> my slur. Yeah, Richard Pop-Oppington. I'm known to be a dick sometimes when I'm drinking brown liquor. Mm. Yeah. Um, you said you were drinking earlier. You mean right now, huh? No, not right now, but Monday I went to the Jack Daniels uh, little shindig. I got invited by one of my buddies, mm. ran into a crush of mine, and she had a friend with her. And her friend was like, yo. How do you know her? And I'm like, oh, I've known her since 97. Now, she used to date my buddy uh, after I, before I met him, but after I knew her. Yeah. So I said, man, luckily I could have been Eskimo Bros with him. Uh, and then it was just a joke, right? This didn't think none of it. Yeah. Until her friend said, what's Eskimo Bros mean? And they Googled it. Um. And uh, what 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 are some of the traits that you look for in in an Eskimo brother? Just out of curiosity, uh, you just the term normally is when you smash the same chick, but I never had a chance to smash her, so it was just a joke. Like I knew her before he did. I said we could be Eskimo bro. So I just thought it was playing a joke, but I was drunk. You know, like I was really on one. I mean, I was drinking mm -hmm. literally on empty stomach, Jack Daniels. <laughs> So the little the little food that I did have, it didn't go up to my brand. Like the joke was real funny in my head, but when I executed it, I got I offended her, like for real. And I like to apologize to TJ. Mm. Uh, but yeah, man, because you know I don't give apologies often, but I was really wrong. And uh, my partner made me away like, that was wild, dude. Like yeah, but uh, nobody wanted to blame it on alcohol. Yeah, nah, that was you. You meant that shit. Like yeah. nah, it was just a joke. So yeah, that was my my bad. Well, I damn, screwed the pooch on that one. You might have noticed that there's one voice missing. Yeah. Um, our, our fearless ringleader, cashless. Uh, I said cashless. Wow. Yeah, that's horrible. All right. This uh, this vodka is already <laughs> kicking in. Uh, shout out to cashless anyway. Uh, Cashmere Don. Yes, yes. Could not join us today. He had a last minute emergency. So we will try to um, do justice by him or burn the shit down trying. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's how it's been. You you look like you've been losing a little weight, man. You looking slim in the neck, man. I've been chilling, man, with the uh, you know uh, the what you call it intermittent fasting. Yeah, See, this liquor is kicking my ass just because <laughs> of the low calories I do have in my system. But yeah, man, thanks, yeah. bro. Uh, just the heat and then working like a Hebrew slave. Yeah, you know, and and most, I, and most types of slaves, really. Yeah, I most mean, types of I slaves. Really, but I, really I think it's the, I think was in the Hebrews that supposed to build the the pyramids or something. Who knows? Whoever built the pyramids, I'm one of them. Okay. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I just felt like that honestly for the last two days. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to slave shame. I mean, all slaves. 
Oh, okay. Pretty much. It's not like an upper echelon of slaves. They kind of did their thing. Yeah, it's, it's not, never. Oh, my bad. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just bad. All You're not a better board, oppressed man. person than I am. Oh no 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 oh. no no. Um, you know, free all political prisoners. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh, mm. it's been a, it's been a crazy week. It's been a shitty weekend. Yes, sir. Shitty weekend. Um, so last week there was a small electrical fire in my house. Very small. Everybody's okay. Everybody's okay. Yeah, I mean, just like very small. And so we realized that we just need to go ahead and get the house rewired. It's almost 50 years old. And we, we were going to put it off until the end of the year. We decided that we were going to go ahead and get it done now because we don't, you know, we don't want to die anything like that. Yeah. You know, fires aren't really cool. They're not really. Uh, <laughs> no smoke is not. Yeah. You know, I, I literally don't want that smoke. <laughs> so um, we enlisted the services of an electrician who is a who's a good friend of the family, and and first and foremost, he does great work. He does excellent work. Um, because to if I were to use more, I guess you would say, official channels to get the job done, it would cost about three times as much, mm. and require a bunch of permits and inspecting and all this. And and this guy, he's been he's been doing this for about forty years, and he's he's. Proficient enough with the system to know everything that's required of it, and you know, obviously, I'm not going to blow up his spot, but he can do he can do the work and get it done. Um, the one downside is he is not the most timely person, um, and yes, he's one of us, mm. by the way. Uh, so CP CP time. Yes. So the goal was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. He was going to be at the crib, working on everything and getting most of it done. Friday, he was supposed to show up at noon. At two o'clock, <laughs> I called him to see where he was, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there. You know, I'm just, I'm just running behind. Whatever, whatever." I'm like, "Bro, you could have called me and told me that. I'm, I'm literally sitting at my house. I can't go anywhere because I'm waiting for you to come here." Let me ask you this: He didn't think about calling a potential customer. Hey, bro. Oh, here's the thing. I've I've actually used him before. He actually replaced the breakers on my house, and he was he was a little bit late that time, not obscenely late. So he was very well aware. And and oh, I'm sorry. The the day before, I did meet up with him and, and paid him his deposit. So Black he people. he knew what time it was. He knew what time it was, but he didn't think to call me to say that he was running late. And so at two o'clock, he was like, "I'll be there shortly." But you had to call him. I had to call him. So he did not call me. Yeah. yeah. At four o'clock, I made a second call. And he was, quote unquote, on the way. And he finally showed up at around 5.30 after I waited for five and a half hours. Now, I was about to go off. He had a, he had a you know, a story. He, he, he still came into the house. You know, he marked some things off. Got some things in place. He still needed to pick up some supplies, whatever, whatever. I let him know, though, bro, I understand we know each other. He's an older guy. He's in his probably his late 50s. I said, I understand, you know, we know each other. You know my dad, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You do good work. I'm very appreciative of it. However, you know I don't get down like this, man. You know I don't get down like this. Like, I, I work in the IT industry, and I can't. I can't give people promises on time and then just not just completely fuck it up. So you being in business 
mainly for yourself and me coming through to pay your deposit in good faith to let you know that, yes, I'm ready to move forward with this. And then you basically pretty much miss a whole day without calling me about it. That's completely unacceptable. And I, I had some more choice words for it. I, I use the word bullshit a couple of times. Mm. I'm like, I, you know I don't play that shit, man. You know I don't. That's disrespectful. And 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 as us, us's. as us, our us's, the thing about that is you, the way that you treat people in that regard means that you open that door for other people to treat you that way. Mm. So like if you, if you shortchange me or if you don't respect my time like that, when the role is reversed and you're in the position where you enlist someone to work for you, what right do you have to demand those same things right. from them? That's my thing. If you hire somebody to do some work for you, are you going to expect them to show up on time? Goddamn right. Mm-hmm. Are you going to expect them to give you a price that's worth a fair price? Yes, absolutely. Don't play me, man. Don't play me. So best believe the next time he showed up, he was he was on time. And we, we got the shit cracking. And he's going to be here all week because he's got to redo my whole house. And, and best believe, I told him, I have a whole list of shit that you're about to do now. Because you fucked up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, man, we just we just got to treat us better, man. This is bullshit. Yep, manners, manners. Uh, common courtesy. That's the word I was looking for. There we go. Oh, uh, man, brain farts. Common courtesy <laughs> is at an all-time low. Uh, all-time I, low. How was your weekend? Oh, uh, bro, um, I worked for Us's, mm. and it was too many chiefs, not enough Indians at this event. Uh... Was it turned out to be a lovely event, but the way people treat us is, mm-hmm. you know, they expect a certain level of things. Mm. And even when you give them a certain level of things, they take it a little step further. And then when you're working with one person that tells you to see another person, and the other person tells you one thing, and it was just too much. Okay, do this, but don't do this. And then right. I had to go back and do that. And then the, the time that I was only allowed to uh, come back or to give to them, they overstepped that, and I woke, hopefully my boss, because my dad, because uh, it was talked about, I was told, how I was treated. So hopefully, I'll be compensated nicely for that. So you but, were facilitating the event for them? Basically. You were not the quote-unquote help? Right, I was not the help. Were they trying to treat you like the help? They were treating me like the help. Mm. Yes. I had to tell people, no, I don't do this, I provide this. Yeah, uh, someone called me, told me, hey, somebody's coming up here drunk. Shit, I didn't invite him. It ain't my homeboy. <laughs> didn't Call y'all get security? Yeah, that's. I'm not security. I have no badge. I, I'm not gonna confront this person. You probably weren't even wearing all black. No, I wasn't. Can't be security if you're not wearing all black. No, I had a black shirt and an Astros hat and some cargo shorts that oh, were nah. camouflage. Nah, that's not. That's not security. Nah, my socks were black. My shoes were white. That's the shit I don't like. <laughs> I look like Michael Jackson. <laughs> hey, but straight up, people of our color and pigmentation, they can sometimes suck when it comes to uh, working for them. And it's a known fact. Uh, it's such a known fact that gratuity, people act like they didn't know what that was. I was just seen that uh, video. You seen that? Oh, girl, what, what is this? I didn't, I didn't order gratuity. <laughs> and I thought that was the most ignorant shit. I'm like, and the white girl's like, no, that's, you know, you already tipped me. It's already taken care of. Basically, she said it in a tone like, oh, nigga, I know how I know how your people get down, so let's not play these games. Mm. And thank you, Becky, for putting that in perspective in a nice way, because, you know, 
She knew what that was. Yeah, she definitely knew what that was. She knew what it was. And, you know, I hate, I, I kind of hate that we live in a world where there are people who depend on tips. I understand yeah. why in the service industry. But my thing is, man, just if you if you choose to patronize whatever that is, and you're and you understand that there is a tipping policy in place, just tip, man. Just tip. And let's stop perpetuating stereotypes. I mean, it's 2018. Right. Let's 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 switch it up. Let's uh, let's actually show that we got some fucking dignity, I guess. You know, integrity. That's the word. Like, come on, what the fuck? It's just a couple of dollars, man. You just spend yeah. that at the strip club, throwing yeah. on the floor, making it rain. Like, come on, literally. And I actually, I mean, I actually over tip. I pay a Negro tax mm-hmm. because I, I probably. Oftentimes, I tip between 20 and 25%, just because I know. I don't know what the percentage is, but it just depends on the service. You might get anywhere between 8 to $10, fuck with me. Like yeah. The lowest you could get nine times out of 10 is a $3 tip, and that's what, it's just bullshit service. It's just, you, it's but just I'm like this. You're lucky you got that. You're going to get over a dollar. I'm going to always give you over your over your dollar, too. But if you guys just gave me shitty service, I had to wait on shit while you catered to everybody else, yep. yeah, you're going to get that $3 tip. You know why you use three dollars? And I'm gonna be like, because it took Jesus to, for me not to say nothing to you. <laughs> for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So there's your three dollars. I'm gone, Chuck Deuce. So on the flip side of that, some of some of our establishments, they throw in that tip without you even looking. Uh on blast, the address, two eighty eight and OST. Damn. Y'all tried to get me. Mm. I I went there last year for a friend a friend had a little get together for his birthday. I bought two drinks. One. Two drinks. <laughs> two. And, cl- and close the tab. Do you know this chick had an 18% gratuity on that receipt when she when she gave it to me? No. I said, wait. No. Wait, you No. I said, so you you've had you you already wrote this in? You already put this in? So like, yeah, we 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 automatically do a gratuity for everyone here. Hey, let me talk to that manager though. And the manager was like, "Yeah, you know, because because we don't really tip, man. We we had to start putting them on on every on every tab." I said, "So go ahead and take it off mine, and allow me to give you the tip that I want to give you." I was like, first of all, the minimum is fifteen percent. You just decided you're gonna give yourself eighteen percent when you don't even know if you did eighteen percent of service. Nah, go ahead. I said, go ahead and take that off. And he grumbled about it. He was like, Ugh. and I went and I, I marked it down to fifteen percent of whatever, whatever that tab was. Like, bro, don't ever do that. And I'm never going back there again. The address two eighty eight at OST. The name of it is the address. And you know what? That's why I never really pay with cards. I never. I go to cash. If I know I'm going to a bar, I get cash out. I always get cash. Yeah. I don't go fuck up. Yeah. Understood. Oh no, you're not gonna. Because I'm gonna tell you what. One of my favorite establishments. Matter of fact, I'm gonna leave it nameless because I go there too much. But I don't use my card. Forty-two twelve. No, not that one. But them two. Huh? Put a twenty-five dollar. It was like a twenty-five dollar extra out of my card. Oh. And bro, so they, they didn't do a hold. They just straight up charged you. Yes. Bro, hmm. I seen that, and I'm like, I was in that tip scene. I know how many drinks I bought, and with the amount of drinks I bought, nah. Hell no. Nah. Mm. nah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I got the receipt in my pocket. I guess they thought that was, you know, I wasn't going to check this shit, but nah, it was on there. Mm. Like, where does extra $25 come from as mm. a gratuitous wage? No, fuck that. Just because you see me talking to everybody in here, don't mean shit. 
Mm-hmm. And she's like, we just do that. The whole the information in your account, because some people been calling and cancel their car. I said, that's the fucking y'all fault. That, you don't do this shit to my car. <laughs> that shit didn't fall off my account? Yeah, man. We, I had to talk to my bank. I, had, I told my bank, nah, they, they fucked up. She's like, yep, they can't do that. And bank, they have you go down for the affidavit out and all that good shit. So I was Got good. him. Got him. Do they still do paid in full at 4212? No, they move. Uh, Jet Lounge. Cool. So I'm going to talk shit. So fuck 4212. Because mm. I remember one of the times I went, and I, and I, I first of all, they overcharge for drinks. Yes, for that first, watered down bullshit. First and foremost, they overcharge for that shit. And then, but I was there supporting, I forgot who, somebody was there. that It might have been a paid and full, it might have been something else, I can't remember. I was like, I'm going to get a couple drinks tonight. Half the shit that I asked for, they didn't have. And acted like they didn't know what it was. And finally, I was like, damn, y'all only got brown liquor here. The That's rudest some, waitresses in the yeah. world. And finally, after like six things that they didn't have, I was like, just give me some Jack. Y'all got Jack, right? And they're like, yeah. Gave me some watered down Jack and Coke. And then had to nerve the nerve to slap a gratuity on that receipt. And I went right back to her and I said, so you mean to tell me I asked you for six very common beverages that every other bar has that y'all did not have. And the seventh one y'all finally had and y'all watered it down. And you added a gratuity automatically? Please go ahead and take that off. Before and I had cash that night, because I know how we get down. I said, please take that off before I give this, before I give this tip. Cause that's not happening. And I and I and I swear and I hate doing this. I swear I gave her like a dollar tip. That's what's up. And and it's it's and I hate doing that, but it's just the audience. Audacity. You, you, ooh. Like, you don't even have your selection down. And then you would stink when I kept asking you. Like, are you mad at me because y'all don't have regular ass drinks that everybody else has? Bro. Nobody drinks Irish rolls and wild turkey. So I'm not 58 years old. I don't wear a silk, you know, a a silk short set. At a fedora. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm not in the club going, hey, look out there, girl, look out. That's who drinks wild turkey. All day. With Not a wife beat on and a chain and some taco meat. Yeah. So, Pay yeah. pictures. Us, man. We got to do better. We got to treat each other better, man. Yeah. Um, Even as friends, we got to treat each other better. As absolutely. Who, you know what I'm saying? Your friends, is, we're so-called friends. You know, I expect a certain amount of level of, uh, you know, common courtesy. You know, don't wait to the day of to cancel on shit. Like, I could have used... My time wisely with mm. this, you know what I'm saying, and and this was talked about. It was not like it was a surprise. I hate that. Oh man, it wasn't a surprise, especially when you got a doggone instant message group about the doggone podcast. Mm. And I'm just gonna be real, you know what I'm saying. That was real weak, like a baby with no teeth trying to eat meat. You <laughs> dig? That was sorry, because uh, you know now you push what I had going on back. So, hey, I'm going to keep it going. I I, I I I see what I see. You know what I'm saying? Now, you can't be unseen. You know what I'm saying? You know, we're too grown to be doing shit like this. Yeah, man. That's just, and that's just real. You know, I wouldn't do no one like that and, and, and vice versa. I don't expect it to be done to me, but I see where I stand. And that's it, you know? More than anything in this world, please respect my time. Time yeah. is the one thing that we can never, never get back. Never. You can make money back. You can lose blood and grow blood back, but you will never get time back. And I cannot forgive anyone for any loss of time that I have. Yep. And with that said, we'll go ahead and take our first break real quick, and we will be back momentarily with more from 
Houston with love. Damn, like this, is where, say, this is the part where, where I was going to do my impersonation. Oh, go for it. Cash for good. Go for it. Yeah, and all that shit. Slap a bitch, you know, get it with. You know what I'm saying? Like a misfit. Uh. I roll up in Rory's and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. We on the same page. And babe, you ain't gotta stress. Let's get your name changed. Everything that didn't kill us made us stronger. Like the panties that you found, you wanted me to call her. And if the shoe was on the other foot, I hit the ceiling. Like the audacity of me for playing with your feelings. I had you going crazy, friends telling you to leave me. Held me down and put them in their place when they was talking greasy. I never liked them bitches, but I'm not into picking. Your friends, that's your decision. Long as they play position. I told you from the jump that it would be a roller coaster. Don't get that motion sickness on me now, just hold me closer. We almost at the finish line, yeah, we getting closer Can't you see it? I can see it right around the corner But you keep saying that you bout to bounce and fuck with me But then you say you love me See, here's the thing Every time I go, I turn back around Pulling me back to the head and down It doesn't matter what we go through I ain't leaving, so let's go to Hate to love you, girl, you give me vex We arguing and we had that good makeup sex We arguing and we had that good angry sex Some say the arguments make the sex X Extraordinary, not your ordinary climax Want me grab you by the neck, call you a dirty bitch Why you call me all type of wild shit? Pulling on my chain like a jockey while you ride You betting that I'm first to cross that finish line I ask if you stupid, you ask if I'm seen now You getting me more charged so I start to freestyle Hitting you sideways, girl we gonna be a while Flip you upside down, I got you downside up Doing squats in your box while you watch every thrust And I take it easy on you long, slow strokes How could you not want more, girl tell the truth Every time I go, I turn back around Pulling me back to the head and down It doesn't matter what we go through I ain't leaving So let's go to now or never Cause I've been thinking about forever You're everything See, that's the thing See, here's the thing Every time I go, I turn back around Pulling me back to the head City where they make those fake goals. Don't hate, hate, donate. Saint Jude, shake fools, break they ain't gold. Stay tuned, been making moves since the womb. Been in tune with the stars since Mars and the moon. Spitting bars to with so many broads in my room that you can't see the cars in my room. I just want a Jaguar, Jaguar, a Jaguar, daddy, daddy. When I say daddy, I mean father. 
some power My daddy had a dope Jaguar But I'm tryna push the wheel farther Smoking on this weed got me fucked up Still I stay connected like two sides of the nunchucks Never disrespected, I will fuck a motherfucker up Woo, excuse my tempo Woo, is that my limo? I'm like the meanest you know I never fall asleep on the floor The cleanest you know You know what I'm saying? It's like red carpet when we land hundred grand Where the guns clapping, puffing the blunt till my gums blacken. I hustle and come back with much cabbage. You just a punk, but you front savage. Ain't even up, just above average. Celestial sphere where we run rampant. Don't wrestle with fear, cause my nuts massive. Swiss Alps where I gulp absinthe. I pick up a pen, write a cold classic, yeah. Underground with the roast rats and I bust a Raider hat, t shirt, Nike smashing, Pulp Fiction. My chick got the dope fashion. Keep it low key, you know me, we maxim. Phantasm on the flat screen, spazzing. Float down the coastline, ghost in the Aston. With the J's crisp When Sega Genesis came I'ma found a way to get it Crazy kids trying to stay away from prison ADHD ain't exist We just barely paid attention White kids get prescriptions Black kids get suspended Now we in the system Guilty to proving innocent Now we fit the statistic Shit Now you might as well keep the iron tucked Gavel in a robe, who am I to judge? Joe Brown, keep a hammer by the side like Oak Town 357 on the waistline. Now the guns come with the drums like a bass line. Coulda went to Carnegie Mellon, now we probably a felon. Coulda been an entrepreneur, now we probably a shooter. Stay with the stick like a hockey maneuver. I want more, I want more for all of us. So when opportunities calling us, we got to give. Forget what you know. 
Locked up, drinking some rocked up. Call it what you call it, I'ma call it some block stuff. Used to flashing gats, double barrels, the flips narrow. Don't even give it the doubt and hang with the monster mobsters. All of them keep rockets on them, ain't no sense for the arguments. Drugs and guns and guns and every part of my plan's done. Hiding in my mansion one year, I'm a polo head. Pull over the rover, sober red. Riding with my niggas in Chicago, hold a lead, my nigga. Cause it's the bigger we get, the bigger you fall, the bigger we shit. Check the wall full of scholars, bank robbers, ankle gold joggers. All my niggas quick to get off, popping collars, kid. It's just a family status, don't get sprayed up for fucking with the family cabbage. One. Deadly Bacom. World in my palm. My mood is to do the whole when I'm in low sweats. Red and black fours when the snow swept. Hold by the fall. It's like you still rep when you don't rep. It swings Cinderella bitches out of the projects. Hands get dirty for whatever you protect. But the henny be neat when we check if it's more left. With guys who just throw their weight around when you throw threats. And y'all take cover like Kochex. Label me as the utmost if my name on a tag. Cut throats when it came to the bag. Run dope like my name on a slab. They look at me like, yo, his name is a stash. Son wrote what they bang when they brag. None dope like he is. Heroes putting dough in the ceiling. Cuban link ropes all we in. Flow like Seagrams, but everything is yak. And know what's on a hundred with well, whatever where we at. Talk to us. Deadly but calm. World in my palm. World in my palm. Flooded the optics, cloud nine view like in them cockpits. Seeking satanic around perennial mobsters. Blink a peripheral, get a glimpse beyond the nonsense. The ambiance is pro black soldiers that's conscious. Honest to death, it's like the pressures for the pleasures. Put brothers in that two position. Omega Evers, Omega levels, pulling levers to the levee sever. Hustle through severe weather. Weather, we pitch, pump fake, a dodge the jab. Mixed cupcakes, a bars and lab. Whatever corner boulevard the ass. Be cautious as the bosses wanna limit your losses. My faction's forces phenomenal and enormous. Glorious and gorgeous as God is. Dog that bully shit hardest. Trigonometry causes. Attack the dark boys flawless. Black, welcome black, space cadets, pimps play it, and all that good stuff in between. It's the world's most famous and dangerous show on all real radio. It's from Houston with Love, and it's back with this black man and Robin D. Randall and D. Ray. <laughs> Vodka's kicking in. Now. It is. Uh, on my, my second serving now, and um, 
Usually not the type of person to brag about. Well, should I actually end up doing it like on every show? But um, kids, stay away from alcohol. Yeah, it's it's not good for you. It's a fun drug. I mean, fun. It's fun. It is what it is. I see what I call it spirits. Ah, good mm-hmm. point. So, as I was as I was saying earlier, um, had to get my whole house rewired, which meant that I was gonna have to come off. Quite a pretty bit of change in order to to make that happen. It was an expense that I did not expect to make uh, until later in the year. And when my wife and I were talking about how we would pay for it, we had a couple of options. Um, I was at a rare moment in my life where I actually had a savings account with money saved in it. That doesn't always happen. Uh, we also have a few credit cards, but... Um, you know, in this in this trying to be debt free life, I was very reluctant to do so. So I just told my wife, I was like, "Hey, um, I got enough in savings. I'll probably drain the savings, but I'm gonna go ahead and pay for the whole thing just because." Shit, I don't, what husbands do. Don't want to charge for. It. I mean, I mean, you know, she's kicking down something. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? She's kicking in something. Okay, but. I was just like, I, I, I just got to do it, man. And it, it really, we really had a discussion because she was like, why would you want to dip into your money when you could just charge it and pay it back over time? We smart. And I said, well, but different strokes for different folks. And she was also like, you know, all the points that you can get and all this and all that and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. She's smart. And I said, that's, well, again, there's, there's a trade-off. It's, it's, it's really about what your, what your priorities are. So y'all smart. See how this I'll goes. Say that. I'll say that. <laughs> so we talked about it for a while, and, right. and you know what I what I basically ended it with was the reason that we the reason that we have savings accounts in the first place is to take care of emergencies or incidental expenses that come up unexpectedly. This is one of those cases. Let the savings do what it's supposed to do. Yes, I'm probably going to bleed it dry, but again. It's doing what it's supposed to do. That's your insurance. Yeah, I'm. I'm at a stage in life where personally, I'm. I'm close enough to being debt free that I don't want to do anything right now to set it back. Like my my dream is to be completely debt free, especially once I pay the house off, and not have to worry about it. Excuse me. I'm hoping that I get to. I'm hoping that my nieces get to live in a world where. They never even have to know what debt is and that we'll be able to provide for them and help them save or get them in the habit of it before they even know the the perils and the temptations Mm -hmm. of credit. Um, But it it got me to thinking, man. It took me back back to the 15 years or so that I spent in the trenches in the banking system. You remember those days, Mm -hmm. huh? And... I remember being around in those days. I, I learned a lot about about banking and money management. I learned a lot, and I'm not going to say I practice all of it, but I learned a lot. And I, you know, you you worked in the same industry too for a yeah. while, and we got to see certain things that work for certain people that we could apply to ourselves to to give ourselves a little bit of a, a little bit of, of a better footing without having to like. Go through all the pains of 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 being broke all the time. Like I'm glad you mentioned the old place of the plantation that we used to call it. <laughs> um, 
I remember when they had subprime mortgages out. Mm. And I remember when a customer would call, you're supposed to tell the customer all that you see on the screen that they have. They'll tell you, don't tell them about that. Mm -hmm. And I was a smart man, Jenny. But I did know if your superiors, superiors, or superiors are telling the people who represent this company do not speak about something, something's up with it. Right. After I left the job and went to the oil and gas field, and subprime mortgages and all that scandal shit hit the roof. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. My employer yep. was on some shady shit for real. Yes. I felt it in my gut, but I didn't know enough to be a whistleblower. Had I <laughs> known, oh my God, if I could see into the future like that fats are raving, I would be great. Like, literally. I would have called that shit and, bro, hold on, cashed out. I'd probably be dead by now, but yeah. still. Well, one, one of the reasons why... I eventually got out of the industry, uh, besides being held at gunpoint in the robbery. Uh, one of the reasons I got out of the industry is because I had a conscience. And because for a while I, I was actually a financial advisor. Oh wow. And it was it was it became more and more difficult, especially leading up to that subprime um lending crash. It became more difficult for me to sell things to people because I had a feeling that something was on the horizon. But I didn't know specifically what. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I did learn about being in that system was that anything that they're pushing and really pushing and really pushing and really pushing is probably not good for the people that you're, they're trying to get you to sell it to. Yeah, because they were like, yeah, you want to make sure a customer has at least six or seven different accounts with it. Yep. And that way, you tie the customer in mm-hmm. no matter what. No matter what you do, that customer still you can't really go nowhere. You yep. got them by the balls. You know what I'm saying? Literally. I remember when I worked for, uh, I can talk about it because they no longer exist, Wachovia Bank before Wells Fargo brought them out. I remember that for a while that bank had a very, or the bank that came before it, I should say, had a very relaxed lending culture Mm. where people were used to things like signature loans where you could just walk in, they just run your credit, get a general score, and if it fell within a range, you could pretty much have whatever you wanted. And there were cases where people who had had loans before, when they came in for another one, they didn't even have to show ID. They didn't have to really fill out any type of disclosures. It was just like, hey, you know who I am, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to borrow another fifteen, twenty thousand, fifty, hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was. Okay, well, you're in good standing with the bank, so here you go. And I remember they started doing that with mortgages. Where somebody with I remember one dude got like a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage. For his home, and then like a month later, got like a half million dollar mortgage for a quote unquote vacation home, mm. and then got a third mortgage for like an investment property. That's fishy as fuck. Right. And, well, it's not even fishy. It's just that the bank would let you do it at the time. And I remember, and this was probably in 2005, 2006, so maybe a year before that shit went down. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting here thinking, like, this guy has close to a million dollars in mortgages, adjustable rate mortgages. And he's probably making $75,000, $80,000 a year. In about three years, these rates are going to go up. And when they go up, there's a 0% chance that he'll be able to afford them. But he thinks he's going to be able to sell it before then. Mm. I said, there's, there's, there's got to be something wrong with this. But a lot of people were doing that. A lot of people. And after a while, I just, I stopped, 
I stopped even selling it to people. I was just like, like the first after the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, I can't put anybody in this position. Right. I, would, I would get in trouble. I would get in trouble by uh, the sales manager for the for the the region in the bank. Like, why aren't you selling more of these mortgages? You're you're falling behind your goal on it. I'm like, I'm doing well and everything else. I was like, I just don't know how to sell this for people if I don't believe in it. Boom. I left there and went to another place. I was doing straight up investments and they were trying and this was right when that bubble was about to burst. And they were selling they were selling investments that were tied into uh mortgage backed securities. And I just remember looking at this like, uh, I can't I can't sell this to anyone. I just I just feel like something's wrong with it. Sure enough, that shit flipped straight upside down. That's crazy, because I remember when uh Enron Mm. I can say about that. I mean, my mom was devastated because she didn't get the job there after she went through several interviews. Yeah. And like it hurt, it crushed her heart, bro. And that's the worst thing to see your mom wanting something that was so grand and luxurious and you're told no after having a couple of shots. Yeah. And you're good at what you do. You know what I'm saying? So I remember she was almost depressed and whatnot, but their karma came quick. And it was no more than like three months after she was all down or whatnot, the collapse. And when I say I knew people that worked for Enron, they was yeah. telling me how hard they were balling to, oh shit, we got we we can't get in the building overnight. Overnight, <laughs> you show up the next day and it's like, oh, boys are living in my lofts, like freaking out because they didn't know where the next meal was coming from. And I know the loft that I was staying in, I had a roommate. We were paying seven hundred dollars a piece. A month. Mm. And that was on a discount rate because I worked at Oil and Gas and he worked in the uh, teaching field. Yeah. So we looked up. But I want to tell you, man, this shit, I, I said boys lose it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, Enron was a, a major, major tragedy, bro. It was major. They built a brand new building and yeah. never got to move into it. Yeah. <laughs> that building's still there. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But But through all that... I learned a lot of things from a lot of different people about personal finance and, and things, easy things that we can do, things that other people are doing that we can do as well to, 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 to have a better share of wallet, you know, just to get by. Uh, one, of the, one, of the big, one of the things that stands out to me a long time ago, there was a guy that came in. He was actually a customer of mine, a young black dude. I think he just graduated college. And uh, he came in one day and he was opening a savings account or something like that. And he had, you know, he had a good little, good little piece of change to open it with. And, and I forgot, we were just talking and he was just like, yeah, um, you know, I just graduated from school, about to go back and get my MBA. Uh, what I really want to do, though, is I want to create a position for myself where I can go around and teach personal financial strategies. So you want to be a financial advisor? He was like, no, 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 no. I want to teach people how to make money for themselves. If I could figure out how to get paid doing that, that would be great. And I, you know, I asked him to talk a little bit more. He said, and he pulled his book out from his, uh, he had a little bag with him. He said, I read this book a few years ago and it changed my life. The book is called The Richest Man in Babylon. I was like, okay. It's a little small book too, not even a thick book. And I said, Cliff's Notes, what is this book about? He said, this book is about one very simple principle. It's pay yourself first. Anytime you get money, anytime you get paid from your job, from a gig, if someone gifts you money or anything, he said the first thing that you do 
is put it in a, an account that's specifically for you, like a savings account, and don't touch it until you absolutely have to. 10%. So 10%, he said, yes, 10%. It's a small amount, but if you get into the habit of always putting aside 10% for yourself, don't even pay your bills first, pay yourself first. Anytime you get paid, you know that 10% is going to you before you even pay your bills and all the other shit. I was like, that's dope. Richest man in Babylon. So it was it was kind of a fictional story about a guy in Babylon who, no matter what happened, he always put 10% of his earnings. I think in the book it was like grains or gold or some shit like that. He always put it aside. He was like, that gets you, that puts you in a different frame of mind because we're used to thinking every time we get paid, a lot of times the first thing we think is, well, you know, Bill's already wiped out half of it. He was like, no, change your mentality. It's your money. You earned it for you. Your bills didn't work for that money. You did. Pay yourself first. Put it to the side. And I read the book. And I, I said, I read the book like in a few hours. It was, it was very small. But that book actually changed my personal outlook on, on how to save. And now, um, you know, when I get paid through direct deposit, I take a certain amount and put it in a separate account at another bank and the rest of it, you know, in, in my regular account is what I use to transact and eat and buy liquor and waste or whatever, which is why I was able to have somewhat of a savings account in order to pay the electrician to fix the house. It's a very simple thing, like 10% of anything I do. If I'm doing video work, I take 10% out and put it into that account. Don't even think about it. And then the rest can go to bills or whatever the hell it wants to. Nothing fancy, but very effective. And once you get in the habit of doing it, it's hard to break the habit. Very hard. So that's that's step number one. Put money to the side for yourself. I don't care what percentage you use. 10% is an easy one to keep up with. Take 10%, put it into a separate account. Don't touch it. You won't even miss it. And then you just use it whenever you have to. That's number one. Um, number two, which should have been number one, really, is minimize your debt at all costs. Now, granted, there are people, when I worked in the private bank, at a bank that I won't name, because they're going to come for me, when I worked in a private bank for this bank, there were people who have, like rich people know how to leverage debt to make more money. There are people who had lines of credit and they knew how to take those lines of credit and flip that money to make money for themselves. That's fine. That's some fancy shit. It's like gambling to me. I'm good on all that. Um, what I'm talking about is the incidental debt that we pick up out of the need for immediate gratification. First and foremost, credit cards. Credit card debt is... it's. Credit cards are good for short-term solutions to get access to money in emergencies. Or, if you're more disciplined, they're good for, for points and cash back and things like that because you, do, you can earn, especially when, when you get to those bonus points, you can earn based on just your normal spending habits. The key, though, if you're going to use credit cards, is only spend what you can pay off completely each month. If you could start off that way, you'll be in great shape. You'll have perfect credit, which that's another conversation in and of itself. You'll have good credit, 
But you also won't be paying that extra interest, which is just basically money that you're throwing away. Uh, my my goal over the last couple of years has been to aggressively pay down my credit card debt. Now I've only got a little bit left. By the um, within the next three months or so, uh, I should be I should be clear of debt on credit cards, and you know my life can continue on. But I uh, I think people people use it as as extra income. Which we've all done it. We've all done it. You know, it's fine. Like when you go to college, you remember when, we, when you got to college, one of the first things that they did when you went to college was, hey, sign up for this card. Yep. Get a free t shirt. I spent all over that Abercrombie and Fitch. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you could fit Abercrombie and Fitch back in the day. I yeah. couldn't. Yeah. And not realizing that those little $300 limit cards that they would give you at the time were just. Unsecured. Just, yeah, it was just, just stinging your credit. Stinging your credit, man. Um, some of my clients, some of the, the clients with the best credit scores I've ever seen have always practiced one thing. Very simply, only charge in a given month what you can pay off at the end of that month and leave it at that. Get your points without having to pay that interest and keep it moving. Our income is there for a reason. If you're in a situation where you need access to something that you cannot afford with your income, you know, take a look at your lending needs then, but don't always look at your credit card as your primary source of, of spending because you, you run the risk of getting in trouble that way. Not for all people, but, you know, just try to try to try to live debt free. It'll change your life. And, uh, you know, you'll live a lot longer. Have you ever have you, do you have any other uh like financial strategies that you use or that you've seen? Stay away from payday loans. Oh. <laughs> Stay away from payday loans. Don't get me started on that, man. Yeah, man. They got them in every hood, every corner spot. They catch you when you're in a jam. Mm. Uh, and they charge the shit out of you. They ask you if you want to spit a grease, too. So Yeah. And a pillow. So <laughs> You can either lay on that pillow or bite it. It doesn't matter to them. <laughs> They're going to come after you. They will come after you. And again, working in banking, payday loans and predatory lending are the worst things that I've seen for lower, for it's not even lower middle class, for middle class people and below. That shit sucks. Um, what's the best way to put this? Leave that shit alone. Leave that shit alone. For all my people out there who are afraid to get checking accounts. First of all, I understand y'all. Y'all don't y'all don't y'all feel like you don't want the government all up in your business. I understand that. You feel like you don't want the bank to hold your money and, and use your money and lend your money without you getting interest. I understand that completely. What we gotta do though, y'all, is we have to stop going to check cashing places mm-hmm. to get to, to cash our checks. Because they're just taking money out of your check. Again, money that you earned with your sweat. This place is going to take a chunk out just so they can hand you some cash in return. All right. If y'all don't like banks, do a credit union. Most credit unions don't charge you for accounts. All right. They don't charge you service fees for accounts. Do that shit. And credit unions give you equity in the company. You're a stakeholder in the company. They're they're more likely to give you certain financial solutions that you need that you probably won't get from a commercial bank like a Chase or a Bank of America. Um, you know, 
quit quit getting bank accounts and fucking up writing hot checks. Like that shit is so old now. Yeah. Like y'all y'all really can't get away with it. I don't now. even write checks. I ain't wrote a check in twenty years. Haven't I don't even know how to write a check anymore. To be completely honest. Just to stay away from that shit. Stay away from that shit, man. But y'all gotta like don't don't give money where they don't earn it, man. Check cashing places don't earn your money. Just get a fucking credit union account. Payday loans, if you have to get a payday loan, you're a real you're actually just better off just asking somebody else to, to to let you hold some money, man. Like payday loans are the absolute worst thing. And I remember reading a statistic a while ago, years ago, that said that something like five percent of all payday loans actually get paid in full. Yeah. It's a real stupid low percentage. They're they're absolutely designed to fuck up your account. And to bolster fees, and just to, like they don't like, you know, you think that you're hurting them by by closing your account before they can collect that money. That's what they're counting on, because they're still gonna collect that money one way or the other. If they get it from you, they're gonna sell that loan to a to a collection agency, and they'll still get that money back, and then let the collection agency hound you for the rest of your life. Call you every day, every day, all day, answering the phone with a different voice. Hello. That's why you blocked the number. And we keep blocking the number. Yeah. Don't, yeah. <laughs> hey, don't. I'll try to call you. Well, you didn't leave a text, so I don't know who you are. Like, who are you? Yeah. I don't answer no calls. I don't know. Mm. And if you call early in the morning, I already know who the fuck it is. It, it, it ain't nobody I fuck with. Suspected spam. Mm-hmm. Scam likely, nigga. Scam <laughs> likely. Whoever scam likely is calls well, me a lot, man. Nigga. Man, look. I went to Vegas. Ever since I went to Vegas and filling out all that shit. Scam likely has fucking got my number. They sold that motherfucker for real. I need to find them, man. Man, not my, and I try to tell my boy, I need to go change my number. Be like, man, they call everybody. They said, nigga, change your number, go do shit. Scam likely going to find that yeah, shit. Scam likely going to find you regardless, man. <laughs> Fuck scam likely. They just don't answer that bitch. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man, leave, leave those payday loans alone, man. Just leave that shit alone. Um, Another thing, and this this will be the last one because I'm getting long-winded. Um, another thing that I've seen from some of the most financially successful people is they they um, they group up, man. They group up. They they use a family approach. They Team. Pay, they pay dowries. Um, a lot of, especially like a lot of my Asian clients would actually they would gift money any any time any any life milestone came up, whether it was a birthday or a wedding or or first home. They they were so, and I'm speaking very generally, but you know I, I do have some clients that fit into this category. They they believe so much in not starting off in debt because look look at how we live in America. Uh, we send people to school and have them pay for college with student loans, so that pretty much all of their earning years after college are spent paying off debt. Um, we we make people feel like your first home purchase is. A momentous occasion, like it's a cause for celebration, when really it's just a celebration of you going in debt for at least thirty years. So a lot of these other cultures are like, it doesn't make sense for you to start off your life owing. So we, as a as a small community, will actually gift you money so that you can start off debt free and contribute to everyone else. So think about that. If, and I know this sounds like that is a fucking roach. On this monitor. Look at that. Right here. Look at that. Look at that. What the fuck? Fuck the what? 
You don't see it running across the top of it? Nope. <laughs> oh, I see it right now. Motherfucker. There. I do not fuck with you. Mm. Sorry, y'all. I got yeah, taken off. There you go. Yeah, uh, hey man, you cut this corner. It's me and you, bro. Juice is closed. This is this is not this is not going to happen here, bro. Look at all these roaches. Round me every day. day. <laughs> I just need, need some time. Time to get away from holy roaches. Can't take it no more. <laughs> Who yeah. is that dude? Bobby Jimmy and the Critters. Bobby Jimmy and the Critters. Yeah. Big old butt. Like this nigga is. Look at him, man. He's just like looking at me. Oh, he's squaring out. We're like, what up, bitch? That's a north side roach, man. Yeah. Oh, damn. Man. Yeah, let me slide. Let me slide over here, man. Jump on his ass. Like, side he's roach. really trying to, like. If it's a north side roach, he's going to fly right now. He's trying to get on the podcast. He's trying man. To, yeah, what's up? Man. His name's Stanley. He said, yeah, my nigga, shout out to everybody that's living in between the walls. His little. Look at this. <laughs> shout out to the niggas underneath the floors right now, you dig? Man. We in the trash cans. We hold it down straight from the sewer and the gutter garbage disposal unit. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, your wig can't blow him off. Yeah, like he's not moving he's at all. Look at you, that nigga's strong. Look how strong. Oh, he's he coming is. back to your side. Oh, that nigga like Tom Cruise. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Look at that mission impossible. He really is running too. Yeah, that nigga is. That, he's hind up like a praying mantis. That's like a praying mantis roach. Tom Cruise. Oh, roach. oh he's flying. Fly, nope. Nope. Oh, nope. I told you. Hey. What I tell you? That nigga's going to fly, right? Hey. Hey. Third Ward. Huh. Yeah, I got to get y'all roaches in check, man. Uh, roaches like, nigga, what? Tom Cruise the roach, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, <laughs> um, so my final point is, uh, imagine if you could move into a house debt-free, you own the house because it's paid for by the community, and then all you have to worry about is your personal income and then doing the same for everybody else. So the family that owns, I'm not going to tell you who they are because uh, I'll blow up their spot, but they're, they're a family that owns a well-known business here in Houston. They all practice that. They gift each other money so that they can, you know, so they can go into homes debt free. Everyone works for the company, so they, you know, they give back to the company itself. They, if somebody in the family wants to go into business for themselves, everyone contributes to that to help them get seed money to start their company, so that they don't have to borrow money. So that's the other thing, man. My final thing is, um, you know, as a community, figure out even if it's within your family, your extended family, your friends, or whatever. If you trust them, if they're not shady, um, talk about talk about gifting circles, man, and how you guys can gift to each other, and make sure that everyone rises and just make it a thing. You know, instill it in your nieces and nephews and your kids. Start it with them if you don't trust your extended family. I don't trust my father's side of the family, so I'm not doing that shit with them. I'm just being straight up. Uh, but like my nieces, man, I, I like I said before, I would love for them to know a world without being indebted. So anything that I can do to help them with that, I'm going to do that. And I'm speaking very fast because the vodka is really kicking in right now. I'm going to say it on my mind, on my cousin. I'm going to say it on my mind, on my cousin. So we're going to take a quick break again. And then we will be right back with a fan favorite section for from Houston. With love, Booyakasha. And Tom Cruise the Roach. Just flying all over this bitch. Yeah, niggas pulling missions. Man, running awesome. back, running back and forth in the monitor. Man, man had the praying mantis. He was squared up. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> he said, "Nigga, that's I'm back." Moth. That's a moth. Oh, that's a little okay. moth. Yeah, I thought that was. Talking. Oh, that's a stunt double. That's a little. Yeah, that's, that's, his, that's, that's his little homeboy, man. <laughs> hey, man. Nigga, y'all got some bugs in this motherfucker, <laughs> place, man. It's it's really not flying. Well, damn, it's that not flying so around here. Yeah, nigga. You got to tell me if it lands on my head, man. I will. Vice versa, bro. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back, y'all. Yeah, yeah. 
This is Eagle Scream. Oh, la, la.
fantastic scene. Down there, they wanted you to fight a war without knowing the truth. You was bound to lose. But here, in the arms of the Milky Way, in the embrace of that holy river in the sky, the truth is, we ain't nobody. I mean, we ideas, but we ain't
his life without the leash When fingers start to flame, these flames clip the dirty wings How far on can you dig? What bones you got to pick? Have you called your person no Jesus yet? Did he just hang up and click? His gasoline and ice, you can rub across your wounds When you feel that all is lost and the ghost of doubt is in the room Just dance on him, dance on him, fuck that shit, put hands on him
Norbrook, read the source book until the chorus comes. If we even made one, niggas on the sideline, like I'm finna say something they never do. But yeah, shout out to them and they crew. Zillionaire mentality with money in the hundreds. Gay as fuck, so I don't deal with none of the assumptions. Light skin feelings when I'm drunk up in the function. Talking shit to any motherfucker up in my circumference. That's a road. Welcome back. Um, it, it seems like all the vermin have finished flying around here. They're having a meeting. It's like an enchanted ghetto yeah. forest. They're going to jump us on the way out, man. I'm, I'm really not feeling this situation. But we are returning once again to another fan favorite section of this podcast, and that is Love Jones. Love Jones. Starring D-Ray, a.k.a. Donnie Bravo. Yeah. Take it away. Yeah, ladies and gents, gents and ladies, everybody that is in between that I call a maybe. How y'all doing? Um, the first question to set off this Love Jones was written by LK. Uh, and it says, how long do you want to, oh, excuse me, for real, uh, it's that, that vodka and that passion fruit. It says, how long do you wait before you feel comfy leaving your new boo around your kids? Oh, well. If I had kids, well, let me say, okay, so I, I have nieces. I have young nieces. Um, and you were single. Just imagine. And I'm single. Um, it's tough, man. That's, that's, a, that's a tough question because it really depends 
on how comfortable you are with that person. I would even... Let me go back. Let me go. Let me take a trip back into the past for myself. Then it should be a harp sound. Because there was a period of time, long, long, long ago, what I call my target days. Okay. Where Tarzan. We, we, we've talked about it. Where um, you know there were there were a couple of folks that I went out with who who had kids, and at no point, and and you know nothing was ever serious. At no point though. Did they ever leave their kids with me or around me? Nor was that even the expectation. I I think I don't think there should be an expectation that at some point you should just be able to leave your kid around that person. I think that that person should offer when they're ready. Um. There's no way you can put an actual time stamp on it. You can't say like, oh, you know, after six months, we should be good. After a year, it should be good. It really depends on how cool you are with that person. Mm -hmm. But I I will say that most of the women that I've seen out here now with kids, single women with kids, most of the ones that I know of that I've seen have not, I've not noticed them placing that expectation or that goal, if, if you want to call it that, on another guy like after a certain amount of time, I should be able to leave him alone with my kid. Oh. Most of them cling very close to their children. Like, I don't expect no dude. Oh, well, I've been the guy that actually dated several women with kids, and um, I had two versions of it. I had one woman who didn't even tell me she had children. I was sleeping with her for about six months. How'd she pull that off? I She was always at my crib, and then she would always hurry up and leave. She said she had to go to work. And it was just strange to me. One day, uh, my buddy came through, and he's like, hey, I think I seen, uh, man, I'm going to say, she don't listen to the show, I'm sure. But she's going, I seen Madeline's car. She had a car seats in the back seat. Mm, plural. So, real? Yeah. And, I, and then I was moving out of the loft at that time, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, we've been seeing each other for a while. I think we should go ahead and shack up. What was she like? Stop calling. Like, we, mm. not, she didn't say that, but she just stopped. Like, she literally ghosted me. Like, every, I will hear from her three or four times a day, and it went from that to, oh, shit. My cover's blown. You know, <laughs> like I got to come clean. And then I had one situation where I met a chick that I wasn't even smashing yet. Uh, and to this day, she's still kind of crazy. But me and her kid hit it off when we did meet. And we met because my homegirl at the time, this was her best friend. Yeah. And they had to go run somewhere real quick. And I know my homegirl's little daughter since she was a baby. Mm-hmm. And so her best friend had a son. And he was of age. And we used to talk about football and wrestlers and so we we bonded, you know. He used to always ask about me and shit. So one day she called me out the blue. Now I've never had a conversation with this little kid on his birthday or nothing like that. I was never that close with him, right? But she's like, "Hey, can you go to a Christian's football practice with him?" I like. I try to shoot at you. You told me, uh-huh. "Nah, I'm good." Mm. No, nah, why would I do that? Oh, she shot you down and trying. Yeah. To- oh yeah. no 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 no. I'm no, like, no 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 no. no. What am I doing that for? No. He has nobody to go to football practice. No, absolutely. no, ma'am. I'm sorry. I don't know what the fuck you think this is, but uh, this ain't Big Brothers uh, Little Sisters. I don't know what the fuck. This ain't that goddamn uh, nonprofit organization. No, I'm good. Uh, the audacity for you to even ask me that. Like, how do your son even feel about this shit? He met me only three times in his life, and it's been over five years. So. Where Where is the son's father? Apparently not in the picture. So and, and and actually let me let me back up a little bit. So this kind of ties into the question you asked last week about um 
you know, about the adoption question, like uh, the blended family adoption question. First of all, the question is what, you know, where, where is the child's father or other parent, I should say, where is the child's other parent? And what's that relationship like with him and your child? Because that's very key to the situation. If you need someone that's going to be a proxy for that person, for the for the father of the child, that's not going to work out too well. But I was told uh, recently by a friend of mine that listened to the show that by marrying the mother, you pretty much are legally the uh, one of the custodial parents. Yeah, that's I mean regardless that's, of how he feels. So even if he was to part ways with the mother, he might. Get liable custody of those kids because Texas don't give a fuck. Mm. You are if you test if I'm fuck excuse me if I'm with a young lady and she has a child. I oh man even drunk <laughs> I edited the shit on myself. I'm growing up, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all just witnessed that. So yeah. So if a young man takes care of a young lady and she has a kid that's not his. They could never even consummate it before, but I say he been providing for Pampers, food, formula, milk. She can hit him up for child support. Did you know that? Word? Word. I have friends that are lawyers. They said, yes, that is true. When you take on roles of a parent like that, and let's say y'all were living in the same house and that was your girl now or something like that, and you've been providing for said child, even if you had a kid, another kid with that young lady, you were responsible for that child as well. Word? Word. Look it up. Wow. Yeah. Man, um... Boy, I am uh, I'm I'm very fortunate that um, you know. Boy, you blessed. Fuck fortunate, man. Because, woo, life could be so different. Man, life can't get all up in your ass, baby. You, you gotta, gotta work, work it out. out. Let me tell you what it's all about. Yes, sir. That's uh, that's deep. That's deep. Um, and and I'll even say like my my sister. Had my first niece from uh, a previous man. This moth is really tripping. Mm-hmm. Away from me, they're beefing with you. You know that. Fuck away from me. Um, and you know, even when she was dating or engaged to, you know, her current husband, my brother-in-law, she never made the expectation to him to to watch my niece if she ever had to do something. Um, she leaned more on family to do that. So me or my parents, well, usually my parents, and then me secondly, to do so because, I mean, I, you know, I remember talking to her about it. It's it's her blood. It's our blood. And she's going to look to us first and never place an expectation on him until he says that he's willing to do that. And one of the things that they did right before, well, he actually did this as a surprise for my sister when they got married. He presented my sister with a certificate of adoption for my niece so that he could also dope. become legal custodian of my niece. And he was dope. like, and I, I thought it was a dope gesture, but it just shows like that comes whenever that person is ready. You shouldn't, you as the parent should not put that timeline or that guideline on somebody else um, to be ready to do so. It's when when they're ready to do so because it's your responsibility. And you got to love that kid. And I, uh, my last girlfriend, actually five years ago, it's been a long time, and I'm not saying that I'm lonely, but to commit to a relationship after the last one I was in, I really understood how much I love my solitude and everything. And we got along great. I mean, we enjoyed each other's company and jokes, but she had a seven-year-old. 
that was sassy as hell. And it was all good and dandy, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't talk to her crazy, but the mama would like call all types of words and names and shit. Just physical, it was like it was pretty much verbal abuse, no child abuse, because they spoiled the shit out the little girl. Cause the little girl was a grandma's baby and uh whatnot. Uh but yeah, the little girl just was bugging. She's like, and she would say my whole name. But one day she's like, Donald Thomas, I just wanna kill you one day. <laughs> When a child looks at you like that and tells you they want to kill you, and everybody, girl, shut up. You just, you being silly. Like, I'm like, nah, but she was making a, she was really thinking You really that. did something then. And I didn't, I hardly acknowledged the child half the time besides, okay, Lark. Oops, I should, please bleep that uh, if you can. Edit that. Uh, yeah, so. But anyway, the, um, that said girlfriend, man, like I said, she couldn't keep that child on the wraps. Her mouth was a little bit too much for me. And I had, uh, I have, you know, a young sister that I was a child's age. And so we would do little play dates and whatnot, and the child would haul off and just hit my little sister in the face. And my little sister would sit back and just squawk. And she gets mad. I'm like, no, your child is not innocent as you think. I sat there and watched her. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I guess she thought my sister was going to be a little light-skinned little punk. Don't let the curly hair fool you. Mm. She, we box. Uh, you know, when she was little... I showed her you're gonna you're gonna hit. I showed her how to punch. Mm. She punches. She's nine now, but still, the fact of the matter is, seven years old, she wasn't playing. She she didn't grab hair. She punched like a boy. <laughs> She's yeah. been kicked out of school several times. I'm sorry, but <laughs> at I, the age of seven, <laughs> she, since she was three, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't play around. She was. I, I made her like a little tomboy, and that's my fault. But she's settled down now quite a lot. But anyway, to make a long story short. You know, they treat that, they were treating their kid like gold and like, you know, she couldn't be told no or what to do. And I was really in love and I was like, I can't believe, you know, you weren't disciplining your child for us to work. And uh, we just let it be, man. And she was telling her friends, like, yeah, he might be the one. And her friends are coming to me like, y'all so good together. And I'm like, I know this. I'm trying to make it work. She trying to make it work. We're good when the KID ain't around. When the KID around, it's like, oh, hell. Mm. Well, that's, what's going to come out of her mouth? It's like kids say the darnest things. No, yes, they don't. Sir. Kids say things that make their ass want to get a uh, belt off my waist. You know what I'm saying? I believe in that. I'm from that old school. She ain't that damn precious. She ain't that damn cute. You know what I'm saying? Kid so, ain't too cute that they won't get that ass whooped. Right, right. You know, I believe in respect. You know, I, I gave it. And... Yeah, even though I had to say sir and ma'am growing up, it got me out of a lot of situations because I was trained to do so. Yes. So it's not because it was a slave, oppressed thing. Oh, shit, it's just manners, you know. You give people respect and they will respect you back. I've gotten out of tickets because, not to say I yes a boss or a fucking cop, <laughs> but I was fucking sincere when I talked to them. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because I was raised to talk even to authoritative figures. With some sense. Yep. You know, you give what you get. If I was like, man, what the fuck you pulling me over, pig? You know, I was going to get what I put out. I'm going to have to keep that same energy throughout our whole conversation. I'm not saying you're supposed to comply, or like always comply and shit, but you're supposed to ask questions and shit. But sometimes you say things with out of certain provoking tone, man, you could get out a lot of shit, bro. And I, yep. I, I, I'm not one to have seen that personally and firsthand when my fucking passenger is like, man, fuck that damn law, man. And I'm like, nigga. And I'm, I'm saying nigga in front of a white dude, like, right. come on. Like, 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 little, I gotta, I'm trying to really escalate the, escalate the situation. This is your motherfucking ass. And now he's asking for your ID and look at this shit. 
And you know, and the cops see I'm literally be like this dude, like you hey. know what I'm saying? And and literally we went home with our lives that night. You gotta you know, and this this is a complete side tangent here, man. Oh, it did go off the first. I'm sorry. I, I talked to I just but you know, I just talked to everyone like they're a regular ass person, man. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't even look at a police officer as a person in authority. I look at it as as a dude who, I mean, even if I disagree with what he's doing, he's doing his job. So I'm going to yeah. talk to you. When you come up to the car, I'll be like, how's it going? Yeah. You know, I pulled you over. I'm not sure. Here's a license and insurance. I'm sure you'll let me know. But you <laughs> see, when most of our, when we start acting like, when us start acting like white people sometimes, mm-hmm. and you know, white people don't give a fuck about that. Fuck you, buddy. We're not them. No, we no. have to remember that. They see us as a threat, especially, and you got to think, the, the, psychot- the, the psychology of it all, half of these punk-ass coward cops that shoot black people listen to rap or have heard rap songs where we don't give a damn about killing each other. And yeah. When they're in the hood, how scary it is and shit. We're the fucking boogeyman to these fucking cowards. We literally, like, I, and I felt that Nas song, they are fucking scared of us, bro. Like, literally. I seen a dude jaywalk. This, like, cop had his head on his gun like, just to tell him, come on, like, not, and dude, like, man, I, don't, I fear God, homie. Like, like, yeah, for real. Like, y'all really taking this shit serious? You gonna kill a man for walking across the street? It was no traffic coming. The light said something. Why you gotta listen to the light if it ain't no fucking traffic? Like, it, it just boggles my mind, bro. But like you said, yeah. it's common sense. You would think it'd be common sense, but we got way off topic. We did. It's the <laughs> fucking said vodka, man. Vodka, man. Did you have any more Love Jones questions? I did, but I felt like we got so off topic. Yeah, I was yeah, happy with what I was going with it. Hey, that's that's uh, right, a situationships are on the rise. I'm told. Okay, and it's uh, like let's just chill, have sex, and be confused on the fact that shit we're not together, but have official emotions for each other. Situationships, you know, the ones that y'all start off just fucking, and the fucking's good, and it's. If she's there and he's there every time you want to screw and y'all start cuddling and then y'all realize you got some shit in common and shit, you know, you still go out, she still go out. You feel a certain kind of way, y'all beef about it. Next, you know, you're still fucking. I've been in situationships. Uh, sucks. It's a very toxic thing. And sometimes relationships come out of it. But it's usually... Oftentimes. Oftentimes. Our baby. Our STD. You're going to get something. Uh, soul tie, whatever you call it, <laughs> something's gonna happen. What are you? What, what are your views on it? Well, my, I mean, my personal views, and, and it's funny because before we got married, my wife and I didn't really do titles, so to speak. That we weren't, we didn't consider ourselves like boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever you want to call it. We and just, what I heard, huh? And what I heard. If you didn't hear it from me, I don't know where you heard it from. <laughs> But I mean, it's. I think titles are just titles, and situationships sound fine. I, I think situationships could, in theory, be the way that a lot of people operate. Like we know what it is. We we don't necessarily at this moment feel like we should be committed to each other, but there is something. There's some type of chemistry between us that we can explore in the meantime. Yeah. As long as we are both comfortable with understanding that there's not, I guess, a permanent level of commitment here. If both people can understand that, then sure. Do. I mean, whatever. If you want to call it situationship, if you just want to call it friends with benefits, if you just want to call it nothing. With As long as y'all have the understanding that 
we're not necessarily here to make something permanent of it, but it's convenient for what we want right now. Now, I also know that for 99% of the population, that's bullshit. And if two people lay down, one of them's going to get up with feelings. Mm-hmm. So, Damn, that's true. So the longer that that shit goes on, the more likely it is that y'all are just going to end up in a straight-up relationship. And then somebody's going to be pissed because they have never defined what they are. And somebody else is moving on. They're like, but I thought we were. No, we were in a situationship. I had a woman that started off with a situationship. And first it was, she was with my, my, my buddy first. And we were still hanging out, whatnot, because she met my buddy through me. Because I never was interested in her at all. Uh, but she was attractive, but I'm cool with a lot of platonic females. So she, and she dug the fact that I was cool with that. Cool. So we cool, right? You dig? Mm-hmm. So we're chilling, hanging out. We like to smoke. We like the same things, this, that, and the third. Uh, she meets another buddy of mine. They vibe. They smash. Mm. She was like a dude. I understood that. I was cool with it. Because guess what? I wasn't interested, right? Because mm. I was trying to holler at her best friend. Because the best friend lived in my apartment complex. So I saw the, hey, 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 we could hook up. But when I went over to her best friend's house and see how nasty it was, I was like, oh, damn. Shit, I made the wrong decision. All right, and when I say our house is nasty, you see that roach? Now imagine 30 of them. We all just flying around the house, uh-uh. chilling shit. Uh-uh. I'm good. So that blunt, I smoked the shit out of the fast. Uh, trust me. So anyway, me and old girl, we're chilling. I moved to another apartment complex. Me and my sis. It's like, like um, before we moved into our house, it was over there uh, in my apartment. Me and old girl vibing. You know, like all the time, just kicking it. She'll come over after work. You know, match me. Well, you know, she got a penguin. I got a penguin. We jamming some new music. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm cracking jokes. You know, having fun. I'll call people over. She'll cook. She'll bring food over instead of her driving home. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, it was cool. Yeah. She got along with my sister. It was it was done deal. Nigga, one day she spent the night with no problem because she didn't normally fall asleep on the sofa. I got my own room. I never tried nothing on it just because I'm a real nigga. Right. Hear that, ladies? Now everybody trying to get in your drawers. <laughs> so I went running you that morning. You put that shit out there on purpose. Yeah, I did. I went <laughs> running, and your boy go commando when he running because it was the fall. You did so. I, I I really didn't ask you that though. Yeah, but that, you, that you was did. that was like a detail that yeah, wasn't man, even. So you know, I, is that I mean, detail relevant to the rest of the story? Yeah, it really is because it's part okay. of the story. Okay, it felt because I had the gray sweatpants on. It was the meme gray sweatpants shit before the meme was ever thought of. This is literally two years prior to that. I'm uncomfortable 2012. Now. 2012. Okay. Okay. Let this sink in. So this is way before that meeting. I'm not going to let it sink in. All right. But, boom. But. Bam. <laughs> Check it. <laughs> I came back and she was laying on my sofa, laying on the sofa watching videos. And my sister already went to work. It was a Saturday. It was cold outside. So she's she like, damn. i like, what? What the fuck happened? Because she rolling up. And she, look, she looking good at this point. But I'm not interested in her. That's the homie. You know what I'm saying? Shit, I didn't know the gray sweatpants are complimenting like that. A word? Yeah, come lay next to me. I'm cold. One thing led to another. You knew what you were doing, man. Hey, man, I really didn't. Stigma went and ran, got him a little glisten. You know what I'm saying? No, I I really was on my Mandingo shit at that time. Came in. I I was trying to be the king of white women. But, you know, she was just a little little yellow. (laughs) And so, um, this is a true story. And we... Rendezvous for quite a while. Chilled out. Went to South by Southwest. She posted up with me. Supposed to be spending the night. Before we even went to South by Southwest, she knocked your boy down again. Mm. So I'm like, dang, we're doing this quite on a regular basis now. 
a regular basis. Mm-hmm. We get to South by Southwest. She's like, I'm going to sleep in the front room with Tony. Whoa. How you going to knock my best friend down? Uh, my other best friend down. Like, you, you're really showing the crew a lot of love. You stop fucking with. I, I fell out with one of my homeboys because of you. Like, he stopped fucking with me because of you for a whole year. You know what I'm saying? Because he knew that me and you were smashing. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, she literally came in my life. I was like, I'm finna turn this upside down. I wasn't even aiming at you. And she manipulated the hell out of that. You know what I'm saying? Which, and, which brings me back to the beginning of this broadcast. So what do you look for in an Eskimo brother? Oh, man, that's an Eskimo bro right there. <laughs> you don't look for Eskimo bros. It just happens. It just you know happens. It just happens. You know, I got a few of them that I associate with. I'm like, oh, shit, you was with... It's like that Usher video, uh, song, same girl, same girl. Uh, I can't think who he did the song with, but it's the same situation. I'm, oh, our, 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 our people on people. Oh, uh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, but still, it was that type of situation. I was dealing with the same girl. And like I said, I was even aiming for it. And I think that's what turned her on even more. And then when she found out the SES was G-R-E-A-T, we kept it B-U-S-Y. So let's be clear. I can't even spell clear at that moment because I was going somewhere with this, <laughs> bro. I I forgot where we we're at, but hey, you know so what I'm saying. Liquor, yes, I got you. All right, well, that's situationships. Situationships. They, that's they what it was. Well, yes, thank you, Tom Donaldson. Well, with that said, um, we, we're going to bring this broadcast to a close. Oh yes, as we should. We would like to. Thank our special guest, Tom Cruise the Roach. Tom Cruise. For showing up and hey, showing oh, don't forget about Molly the Moth, boy. Yeah, Molly the Moth, who kept coming around for seconds and thirds. Uh, shout out to y'all uh, for coming through. You know, we, we love having some of the greatest guests on this show whenever we can. Yes, sir. And, you know, as as I always say, or as I'm lying, as Don always says, um, as, as, sure as, as, as sure as the sky is far and wide, so is your opportunity for for success. Yes, what he says. Oh, I think I got it right. Mm-hmm. I actually listened for a change. Um, we want to thank you for listening to From Houston with Love. Yes. And, uh, you know, Forward Motion. Stop stealing people's wallets. Stop stealing people's wallets. Keep zinning. Um, all the good stuff, man. Uh, we're just here every Monday from 9 to 11 p.m. And, um, you know, catch us on From Hugh with Love. On all the other channels and all that good stuff. Um, D-Ray with the play-by-play. Anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I'd just like to send a shout-out to my little sisters, Squeaky and Peanut, and uh, my Mushy Moo, my niece. Uh, shout-out to my fam members, uh, my coworkers, uh, people in general who listen to this. Shout-out to people that subscribe to my IG account, When Thugs Cry. Shout-out to you, D-Randall. Shout-out to my man, Cashman Dunn. Shout-out to all my Waxaholics homeboys and homegirls. Shout-out to all the birthday people. Just shout-out, man, to all the people that staying cool in this hot-ass heat. Yes. And uh, as a final announcement coming soon, from Houston with Love, Block Party. Details forthcoming. We will, yeah. see, we will see you guys next week. Take care of each other. Peace. Dos. You are now tuned in to From Houston with Love, where we give you a balanced perspective of arts, culture, and what's going on locally in the city of Houston. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at From Hugh with Love. Brought to you by R.I.K., Represent I Know, and IllMatterMedia.com.